the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. And now, here's your host, Nick Phillips. Welcome, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another edition of The Advocate. So good to have you with us and joining me and who's with me? Kathy. Kathy. Your co-host, Kathy Luck. Hi, Kathy. Off we go again. Yes. Very... Another, another episode of The Advocate. <laughs> another adventure with The Advocate. Uh, and we have a wonderful guest today. Yes, we'll be talking to State Representative Tom Patton. Tom Patton, how are you? Good afternoon, uh, both Nick and Kathy. It's always a privilege to be uh, able to be on the advocate. I appreciate you asking me. Well, thank you for being here and, and talking to us. And you're uh, the State Representative in Columbus, Ohio, on District 17. Can you remind all of our listeners what makes up District 17? District 17 is uh, southwestern Ohio. They changed it in the... Uh, most current redistricting, you know, um, where I, for 20 years I had Strongest in North World, the two Olmsteads, and Berea, and they only allowed me this district to keep strong. So I picked up uh, Middlebrook Heights, I picked up Brook Park, I picked up Fairview Park, I picked up Rocky River, and I picked up parts of Ward 16 and 17 in, in the city of Cleveland. And uh, first time they've had a Republican state rep in any part of their town, but um, uh, when other people were talking about gerrymandering, favoring people, but that they didn't do me any favors. But, you know, we were successful. But, you know, I, I tell my friends in North World and the Olmsteads and Bree, I said, you know, um, I'm always a phone call away. You know, I said, you can't just walk away after 20 years. So um, uh, it, it was always my privilege to represent those cities that I lost. And I hope at some point next year when... Uh, the Senate seat opens up and the maps are going to be redrawn again, you know, with God's good grace, I might get those cities back. And and we're talking about the southwest part of Cuyahoga County, I guess. Yes, sir. Well, very good. And uh, running for state Senate, uh, that has to do with uh, term limitations, is that right? Yeah, yeah, we know um, we have eight years as a maximum, and then you have the opportunity to go home or if you can, go to the other chamber. And uh, candidly, there's never ever been any Republican from Cuyahoga County who's been able to do that. Uh, eight years has been the max. However, I've been, with the help of my of the supporters of, of the great voters, um, I'm now in my 21st year. We did six years in the House, and Senate asked me to come over there, and we did eight there. And now we're in our seventh and eighth year in the Senate. At about the same time, we'll be leaving the House, uh, my colleague Matt Dolan in the Senate, well, I always tease him about keeping my seat warm. Uh, he'll be leaving <laughs> due to, tr- and then he will be. Uh, I think he's he's announced he's running for the U.S. Senate. So, uh, um, you know, we're with, with all things being equal, we we would uh, we would enjoy, you know, ending our career in the Senate. It was uh, it was a privilege to be able to uh, serve in that body. How, how many years totally have you had in both the House and the Senate in Ohio? Cumulative for working with the Ohio government. It's just my twenty-first. 
you know, since 2000. I remember meeting with former Mayor Kathy Lux when I was running in 2000, <laughs> uh, looking yeah, for we, her. We have, and, we, uh, we, we, we have a history, don't we, Tom? <laughs> we sure do. And, uh, I've enjoyed, and I've enjoyed every uh, aspect of it. It's uh, uh, She's a yeah. wonderful friend first and then a supporter. And so, and North Welton did very, very well with her leadership. Uh, and we took a hit losing losing your representation here. They they pulled you out of our district, or pulled the district, or redefined the district, and took North Royalton out of your district. But uh, but I, but still, that, that was bad because of the fact they did it so late. Everybody assumed because as I did that I'd still at least keep, you know, my hometown mm-hmm. as strong as Royalton. But uh, and it kind of caught I think uh, a lot of people off guard and uh, and didn't really enable us to get a. Uh, a good, strong Republican on the ballot that we mm-hmm. could have gotten more time, but yeah. we're, we're, we're going to take a short break. It's break time. Okay. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back after these words. You're listening to Nick Phillips and Kathy Lexer on The Advocate with Tom Patton. We'll be back with Tom. Don't go away. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you, and who's with me? Kathy Lux. Kathy Lux. And, and, and Tom Patton. Tom Patton, State Representative Tom Patton. Tom, thank you as always for joining us. Uh, pleasure. What what has been going on in Columbus? Uh, I, I think you've been involved with the transportation committee. What's that about? This is uh, a budget we have to have done before the governor has to sign it before by the end of tomorrow. And uh, um, as a matter, of, and uh, you know, it's a thirteen point six billion dollar budget. And uh, wow, best the best part when when you think of something this size is it's the result of all the gas taxes, both state and federal, as well as significant federal highway grants, whether it be safety grants or uh, construction grants. And what it does do is it puts more people in Ohio to work than any other project will ever vote on. And not only that, but some of the new roads that we'll be building. For example, to support Intel, we're going to be building some additional highways and roads to support the Tier 2 and Tier 3 businesses that will be needed to support the giant Intel operation. Uh, there's suppliers that want to be closed and that are required to be closed. So literally thousands of jobs are are, are, are entailed in this transportation budget. And I remind my colleagues right before the vote that this is their opportunity to vote for the biggest jobs bill in the history of the state. And, and I've done that now 11 times. But the uh, because every two years it's a little bit bigger than the one before. But this time, because of the fact there's a significant project project going down in the Cincinnati area called the Brent Spence Bridge, which for 40 years now has been uh, discussed replacing a bridge, but replacing a bridge of that magnitude uh, is such a significant requirement that nobody could come up with the funding stream. But the federal government has dedicated $3 billion in that tax onto this transportation budget. So we won't we won't hit this number, this high number again uh, for, for many years, but uh, it's good for the people in southwest Ohio. A significant amount of commerce comes over that bridge. Someone says 40% of the commerce, you know, in that nation, in the nation, you know, that uh, at some point will come over that bridge. Uh, so, um, you know, it's, you know, from south to north. I mean, anything that's going to go south from the north, anything that's going to come north from the south, it's going to go over that bridge. And so uh, we're delighted that's in the in the budget. 
Uh, if I can quickly add, in the tragic uh, outcome of the East Palestine uh, rail disaster, um, we've in, also initiated as much as we can in the form of some state laws to make hazardous materials more accountable, more reportable. And uh, um, as I say, that incident in East Palestine, that same train, by the way, passed through Cleveland. And it's, you know, and it, it although yeah. it, it, where it happened, you know, it was going to be a tragedy. You know? Is and the state, not, Tom, is the state going to have to pay money out of its coffers for the damages caused by that railroad accident in East uh, Palestine? Oh, Nick, you were reading my mind. That was my question, too. Yeah. Ah. No, the, uh, the, 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 the bill finally will be paid by the, the, the folks at Norfolk Southern. Uh, there's federal money coming in to support anytime there's a disaster like this. But, you know, there's always going to be the locals are paying overtime to their police and fire. And uh, you, you can't say that this is not financially impacting. And the state, obviously the state, we have our own uh, disaster response team. The governor himself has been there at least three occasions just to inspect. And matter of fact, he... Uh, uh, he, he, he kind of broke his ankle going down the step at one of the places he was at, but uh, mm-hmm. he's a trooper. He didn't miss a day of work. And uh, uh, so it's, no, it, you, you can't say it didn't cost uh, the people in that community and certainly, you know, to some degree, sure. but the significant cost of cleanup. Matter of fact, the Attorney General yesterday just mandated that all work done, even though it's being paid by the feds, done on that project, all the remediation and all the uh, uh, testing, all has to be done by Ohio-based companies. And I thought, good, good idea. Good, yes. Spend the money in our We're state. Yes. And with what's going on with our federal government at, at this point in time, it's so important that our state leads. Great. That we do, it, you know, it, it really is. So. Well, another question, going back to the uh, $13.6 billion, what for a percentage of our state budget is that? Uh, it's an awful lot of money. It's an awful lot of money, gratefully so. Uh, the other part, there's actually the operating budget. So the thing about gas taxes and federal highway money is that by Constitution, you know, we cannot spend it on education, medication, or incarceration. You know, so when people think, well, maybe you should have taken some of that 136 and give it to the school, you know, but um, we can't even, we cannot even pay for the highway patrol. Uh, it was ruled by the courts many years ago out of that highway fund. You know, it's, it's roads and bridges. Here's a fact that nobody really knows about. Ohio has more bridges in the state than Every other state in the union except one, and people will never guess the state. They always guess Minneapolis, land of it, or Michigan, or whatever. But it's actually Texas. But beyond Texas, we have more bridges. And sadly, you know, when you're looking from our perspective, especially road salt and things that kind of erode and eat away at the bridges. About every 20 years, you know, we have to redeck, re, you know, you know, sandblast and repaint those bridges. And Ohio does a nice job, but. Uh, we still have a significant number of bridges that are con- right now considered not safe. They're not to the point where they're going to shut them down. But uh, the other challenge that we have is we cannot work on our highways and, and roads and bridges from November 1st to April 1st. 
you know, there's five months of the year, unless it's an emergency, we can't outwork on the uh, work on the road. And, uh, you know, it's just something that, you know, the challenge is always there. I'm trying to tell the ODAT directors, I said, November's been pretty, pretty warm these last couple of years. They said, maybe we can sneak into November. And I think they were going to think about doing that this coming year. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Least it's another month that we can work on the bridges. So, uh, Yeah, our our seasons have shifted somewhat, and it has been warmer in November. I think that would be great. Well, and they they had a discussion with their engineers and things like that, and that's what they said they're going to try this year. So uh, the road construction people are happy. It keeps their workers on the roads and and literally on the roads, literally on the job, you know, one more month Mm -hmm. out of the year. And uh, uh, so... Again, this is all Ohio people going to work. And, you know, the thing that makes the economy go round is jobs, you know, and uh, jobs, mm-hmm. jobs, jobs. It's always been. Always has been. Things. Yeah. And especially when I talk about retaining jobs, you know, I mean, it's always good to talk about bringing a lot of new jobs here. We have to do that. But we can't be looking at the front door when the back door is wide open and we're losing jobs. It's just like trying to keep our college students or Ohio-based students we have to give them the opportunities. We have to give them the incentive to stick around here in Ohio. And uh, I always love it when I'm at a Eagle Scout uh, ceremony and I find out that the three Eagle Scouts are all going to colleges in Ohio. I make sure I make a point of saying we're glad you're staying in Ohio. And when you're done, we want you to come back and stay here. And stay North here. Stop, you know, the, because, stop the brain drain. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, Tom, a question about the transportation budget with uh, $13.6 billion. Is that all going to be spent in Ohio during the next one or two years? It's only, uh, yeah, by constitution, it's only can be spent uh, on Ohio roads and Ohio bridges. And uh, whether it's the uh, remediation or the uh, repair of, of roads, replacement of roads, and potentially there's going to be some new roads uh, being developed, new highways being developed, potentially even in maybe a new exit ramp or two. Yeah. So, so Tom, when, when are these projects that have been in the pipeline waiting yeah. to be funded largely? Largely, yeah. There we have, in Ohio, we have a system called track, track one and track mm-hmm. two. To get on track one, you've got to survive and wait your turn on track two. But there's always literally that many shovel-ready projects mm-hmm. that are in the mm-hmm. ready to go. So uh, it's, not a, it's never been a shortage of projects. It's always just been no. you know, the funds that limit what you're able to do because if you can do everything all at once, we do everything. And But uh, sure. it's a fair system. It's measured. It's weighted. And there's sometimes local shares that have to be matched by the local communities involved to kind mm-hmm. of make it even more fair. And uh, that's you know, the uh, that's been going on since I think Governor Boynton's just days. We're talking. I to... sat on the NOACA board, and uh-huh. um, you know, we had project after project coming through that board uh, for transportation funding, and it it took years to to fund most projects. We're we're going to take a break talking to Kathy Lux and Tom Patton, talking about the transportation budget here in the state of Ohio. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back for our final segment of The Advocate with Kathy Lux and Tom Patton, so don't go away. We'll be right back after these words. Welcome back. Cleveland, Nick Phillips with you, and 
here with Kathy Lux and Tom Patton. We're talking about Ohio transportation budget and what's all happening. Uh, Tom, you mentioned uh, with the $13.6 billion budget for transportation coming out of tax money from gasoline taxes and so forth, that uh, you guys are looking at some interchanges. What What's going on here in uh, Northeast Ohio with regard to intersections being considered? Well, in the governor's uh, introduced version of this transportation budget, he had uh, implemented a $300 million highway safety fund. And those of us that live in southwestern Ohio, uh, or Cuyahoga, excuse me, understand that there's always been, going for probably 30 years now, a, an issue um, with the, uh, you know, the highways constructed in the late 50s when both Brunswick and uh, Strongsville and probably even North Royalton, there's an awful lot of farms in those days, little population, a lot of farms. So there's a reason why there's a six-mile uh, difference between Route 303 and Route uh, 82. And um, the the issue has become, you know, the city of Brunswick has purchased 40,000 people, city of Strongsville about 50,000 people. So where there was once maybe 4,000 people total, in those two cities, there's now 90,000 people. And as much as you can expand the exit lanes on, on the both ramps, the both ramps are very, very congested. In some cases, the 82 ramp can back can be backed up almost as far as the turnpike exit, you know, going way back mm-hmm. uh, as far as that is. I've been there. Federal Highway Safety people, Federal Highway Safety people just are real upset about that. They don't want traffic stopped. In one lane where other cars are driving 60 miles an hour in the lane right next to it. It's just a recipe for disaster. And that's why that interchange, 82 and Howell Road, is the second highest accident level in the region. Historically, there's always been one or two, and it's not getting any better. Um, the challenge is the fact that, you know, the Brunswick people in northern Brunswick, you know, they have two choices, plug it out. On 82, wait your turn to get off the ramp, wait your turn to turn left on the Howell Road, which the poor residents of Howell Road, Howell Road, which is a Cuyahoga County Road, by the way, in some instances, there's times they have to wait 40, 45 minutes to get out of their driveway. Because, I mean, they all have turnarounds, so it's not they're backing out. I mean, but it's, when they leave to go to Mass on Sunday, they always make sure that they allow extra time to make sure they can get out of the road. To Just to get, penetrate the and, traffic, huh? Yeah, and so, but now when we had a meeting a year or so ago at NOAC, the former speaker, Bob Cup, came up. He wanted to push the ball forward. And uh, at that time, we had um, the North World, Mayor Anaskevich was there, Mayor Persiak was there. We had letters of support uh, from uh, uh, even all the way as far as Lorraine County, Columbia Station, who utilizes the Route 82 exit to get to their part of town. And uh, we had the one of the commissioners, my former colleague, uh, Steve Hambly, came on behalf of Brunswick. To be fair, he wanted to make sure that we knew that Brunswick was opposed to it. But on the same token, in his office as a county commissioner, he wanted to make sure, to be fair, as he pointed out, that both Hinkley and Brunswick Hills uh, were strongly supportive of it. You know, And so um, now that we were utilizing the governor's safety fund that has come here, I believe, and I told the governor, I, said, I think this is the poster child for your safety issue, is this Boston Road interchange. And we, I, we have one minute. Candidly, very surprised at the, the Brunswick people um, for objecting to it. 
when when five communities surrounding it all want it. The northwest, excuse me, southwest quadrant of North Orleans is an example. It's so difficult to get to, you know, and uh, there's a whole lot of potential development there in that city. Um, so I understand why the, the North Orleans folks are with it, but uh, this is about safety. This is about, you know, uh, uh, quality of life. Somebody coming home from work should never spend 15 minutes on an exit ramp, you know, on the way home from work. Well, I, I, I tell you, uh, after this bill or after this budget gets passed, we're going to want to hear when can we anticipate the opening of that exit ramp out on Boston Road. But uh, we're out of time. So Tom Patton, State Representative Tom Patton, thank you so much for joining us. Nice talking Thanks, with Kathy. you, Tom. Thanks, Kathy. Have and a great day. Have a great day. And, and thank you for listening. We'll be back next week, same time, same station. So between now and then. Have a great, healthy, and safe week. Goodbye. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. And I sat and watched the Zanzibar sunset, sat and drank my fresh mint tea, with nothing to do until morning, and only my mind for company. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.